Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Last Factor Podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You are watching episode 108 or listening to episode 108 of the Lax Factor Podcast. We are going to talk about Major League Lacrosse kicking off this weekend. We got five lacrosse games, three on Saturday two on Sunday that we get to talk about. The action was awesome. Before I get into all of it, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, subscribe like crazy. We're trying to get to 9,000 subscribers and then just like like crazy because that's the easiest way you can support us. Be sure to share the video with your friends uh, also to, to help spread the word. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com to support the podcast. Uh, go to laxfactor.com. We have hats, apparel, t-shirts, shorts, all sorts of stuff there. So go to laxfactor.com to help us beyond just liking and subscribing. So let's get into it. First game of the weekend, the Barrage and the Bayhawks. I had picked the Bayhawks in this one, and uh, the Barrage came out hot. They jump out to a 4-2 lead. They held a one-goal lead at the half, and then it was knotted up at fours, or at tens, I'm sorry, going into the fourth quarter. Tommy Palasek, he continued to play really well uh, as a pro. Uh, he's, you know, had a great had a great game for Philly. Something else I liked, and this isn't going to come as a surprise to a lot of people, is I loved seeing Thompson paired with Nate Solomon. Obviously, I'm a big Nate Solomon fan because he's a Syracuse kid. But what I really liked about it is Thompson is an incredible feeder. And part of that is because he literally will draw doubles and triple double and triple teams. So what I like about Solomon is Solomon's that guy. Thompson can do a quick dodge. Thompson can see that double coming. And if he could find Solomon somewhere within eight yards of the cage, he can just give that ball up hit Solomon knowing that the team's out of their slide package because we've got a slide coming. That means the slide package is kind of screwy. He just can quick hit Solomon, who can now two-dodge, two-step dodge, quick dodge to the cage without help being in play. So Solomon probably, and I'll say this later in the show, I think as part of my notes, but I think Solomon may be one of the kind of best quick dodgers in the league, one of the best finishers around the cage. He's to Syracuse fans, he was always known as a finisher and a flashy goal scorer, but I think he's proving so far in this first weekend that he can do this at any level uh, as he had a couple of really eye-opening goals, a couple of highlight reel goals, a couple of dive goals. Like He kind of did it all, but I like seeing him paired with Thompson because I think a kid like him, Thompson doesn't have to rope one, put it right in the bread bucket uh, to a wide-open guy to get an assist anymore or at least to make something happen. With guys like Solomon on the team, and they have a couple of these guys on the roster, he can kind of see the slide coming, get rid of the ball. He doesn't have to take all that punishment through this week of lacrosse. And these guys can dodge and create so long as they're not getting doubled and triple teamed as well. Solomon's not the kind of kid who's going to beat a triple team or a double team, but he will handle his man one-on-one more often than not. Uh, Q and Heacock. We learned that Q and Heacock, they're huge. Q at one point was four for four shooting, including a fourth quarter man up bomb. 
Liam Burns slashed the crap out of Solomon's kidney, and uh, and then he complained on his way to the sideline because there was a, a shot. It was either against him or one of his teammates that he was upset that they didn't call. So Burns ends up getting a very costly penalty in the fourth quarter of this. Two minutes, I believe it was non-releasable. Bomberry hit Thompson less than a minute later to uh, nail an extra man goal, and that gave the Bayhawks a 13-11 lead after everything was all tied up. So that hurt them. Uh, but those four guys, Thompson, Heacock, Q, and Solomon, they played great together in this first game back. Unselfish, always willing to make the extra pass. Warren Jeffrey played great on defense for Chesapeake, played great on-ball defense, but he also played really, really well off-ball in help situations where he'd just come in and lay the lumber um, and then he actually forced a turnover late. I can't remember if it was a two goal game at that time, but he forced a turnover, I think somewhere with about four minutes or so left, maybe even less than that, that, you know, kind of not sealed the deal, but took a little bit of the hope away, uh, from their opponent player of the game. Definitely Andrew Q. He goes for six goals. Uh, the fifth goal was a crazy split of a double team. And then he ended up having this sweet backhand shovel. Uh, the guy's filthy. He, I think he went six for six on the day shooting, uh, six goals and a helper, I believe is what he had for the day. Second game of the day, the lizards and the cannons and the lizards had a lot more flow on offense than I thought they would. I had talked about in the preview thinking, ah, I mean, you know, you lose Rob Pinnell. How are you going to make up for that? And I think they struggled last year as well, if I recall correctly. So I figured they were going to struggle again, but they looked much better offensively than I expected. And part of that reason was Dylan Malloy, former Twarton winner. Malloy did a great dodge, a uh, great job dodging. And uh, he did a good job kind of in the early in that first game, dodging up that right alley from behind and then pinging guys on the backside. Bryce Wasserman proved tough for uh, Boston, dodges hard, finishes well on the move. He's one of the best players in the MLL. New York, they have a three-goal lead as we approach the fourth, but Boston chipped away, uh, you know, chipped away and nodding things back up at 14 uh, early in the fourth quarter. So yet again, we have another game that's kind of coming down to the wire, at least coming down to the last handful of minutes. Uh, the broadcast, the broadcast crew missed it, but Stotts had a sick feed to, jo uh, to Jackson for Boston's 14th and game tying goal. Uh, he got jacked, was getting held as he's falling down. He kind of flipped it over his shoulder in the live feed. When I was watching it live, I thought in that first shot, I thought, that it looked like he kind of just tossed it up or maybe lost the ball in the air to Jackson on the crease. But when you watch it in slow-mo, it looked like he meant to do that. Like I, I would definitely say I did mean to do that, but it did look like he meant to flip that hit Jackson right in the bread basket wide open on the crease. And he stuck it game comes down to the final minutes and it ends up being Mark Cockerton. He scores the 14th goal of the game for Boston. Great handle on that one also. Cause he kind of caught it was in traffic, got away from traffic, got his hands free and then stuck it low. Uh, Boston, they had a one Oh lead. The, they had a 1-0 lead and then trailed the whole game until Cockerton scored uh, at the end of that game, that go-ahead goal. Wasserman put it away for the cannon, scoring on a dodge up the right for his fourth goal of the game, and that was the end of it. Uh, the, what was the final score? Lizards 14, Cannons 16, but that was another excellent game. So it only it kind of makes sense that, hey, the Hammerheads and the Outlaws, this final game of the night, I'm really, I was really high on the Hammerheads. I really liked the, their attack unit. I thought they were going to be an offensive powerhouse. Not so much against the Outlaws. The Outlaws come out, play incredible team defense, very physical team defense, most physical game, at least by one of the opponents that we saw all weekend. Uh, Outlaws, they had, the, they had all the momentum from the beginning as well. They take a 5-0 lead uh, while Connecticut had a hard time getting anything going. 
Connecticut threw the ball away a lot, a lot of forced feeds to the crease. They just did not gel in any manner of that game. Not really the entire game they didn't gel. Uh, the Denver defense, though, they can be credited with a lot of that that bad play out of Connecticut. They gave up very little. Every feed to the crease was contested. Every dodge was contested. Every shot they had hand, you know, sticks on hands. So that was really good to see out of Denver, at least. They're on their quest to kind of you know get revenge on the Bayhawks for last year's uh, loss in the finals. Even Bubba Voigt, he got a good look off at the buzzer at the end of the first, and Knight was there to make a stop. So even where the defense faltered and kind of the ha- hammerheads were kind of scrambling to try to make things happen, Knight looked good. Ryan McNamara scored the first goal for Connecticut as the hammerheads, you know, the former Rochester Rattlers, Dallas Rattlers. Uh, he's one of their studs. Great downhill he'll dodge down the right alley to get their first goal. Denver rolled, though, in this one in the end. 18-6, obviously, Denver rolled. Ryan Lee played really well for Denver. Four goals in a dish. Played good off ball and uh, and uh, made sure that he was finishing his opportunities. John Grant Jr. got a ton of burn. Didn't put up a whole hell of a lot of points, but he got a ton of burn. And the, and, and the announcers during the telecast just kept talking about how great it is to have a guy like him on the field coaching guys on the field. And honestly, not that Denver doesn't have big names, but Denver doesn't have – just a plethora of huge names, but offensively they gelled incredibly well. And I'm starting to wonder if having a vet on the field that can kind of anchor everything and and kind of make sure everybody knows what's going on and keep everybody on the same page. I'm wondering how much that really does play because the outlaws looked great offensively. They looked just as good defensively. So we'll have to see today how Connecticut rebounds in their uh, matchup today on Monday or tomorrow on Monday. I came in here trying to think, "Eh." I'm going to talk about Monday as if it's today, but the reality is it's Sunday night. Sunday's games now. Uh, These are the games I actually sat down and I watched these live, luckily. Uh, Sunday's games, the Bayhawks came out and they started slow again. Uh, The Lizards, they had flow from the outset. Once again, the Lizards impressing me with with how they looked offensively. And mostly, once again, Dylan Malloy came out. He scores the first three goals of the games for the Lizard. Just a nasty big boy. Uh, Malloy is just and just bullied his way to the front of the cage. Just you can't take him off that line. He he gets in his head that this is where he's going, and you kind of got to ride him into that. Another big game also out of Moose Jeffrey broke up a Lizards fast break, uh, and then uh, yeah, put the point man on his bottom. Just knocked knocked the point man. I forget who the point man was on that, but Jeffrey played great in the first game. Played physical and great in this game. One of the best defenders in the world, hands down. Nate Solomon once again. In this game, too, looked like one of the better around-the-cage finishers in the league. And I'm not just saying catch the ball and score wide open. I'm saying catch the ball near the cage, beat that man without the help in place, and get a goal. He had another great dive goal in this game. So Solomon continues to prove that if you give him the rock in close, he's going to stick it. He continues to be a great player to mix in with Thompson, uh, Heacock, and Q, and all of those guys. So... Can't say enough about Nate Solomon and, and, and how he looked. Phipps, he started getting dialed in uh, in cage. He had a, a strong first half, especially the the, uh, the towards the end of the you know second quarter and towards the end of the second quarter, he played tough. Bayhawks get their first lead of the game. C.J. Costabile comes in and lights up a two-pointer, making it 8-6 to six Chesapeake. And then Solomon scores another goal. This one had to be reviewed. Uh, he had a goal reviewed earlier in the day because uh, the dive, but it ended up being clean. He didn't have his toes in the crease. And then they had to review his goal at the buzzer. I believe it was at the buzzer of the half. Yeah, second half. First, yeah, end of the second quarter. Um, uh, they, but that ended up counting as well. So Solomon got into a lot of the action in the first half. 
Six-goal run at that point. Solomon scores that goal. Costabile scores a two-pointer. Solomon scores a goal. That's now a six-goal run by the Bayhawks. Then we have a crazy half-field possession by the Bayhawks to start. I believe it was the third. And um, Q ends up scoring a behind-the-back on that one. They banged the ball around all over the place. Q ends up cutting with his left, catches it a, a, a feed. I forget who the feed was from. I, doesn't have, I don't have it in my notes, but catches a feed, sticks it behind the back. Eight goals on eight shots for Q at this stage over the first two games, and we're at 10-6 Chesapeake. That is an eight-point run at this stage for the, uh, for the Bayhawks. And then the Bayhawks just continue to roll. Uh, but to show the importance of Jeffrey, Malloy was hot early in the game. Later on with Jeffrey guarding him, Malloy struggled. Six minutes in the third, Jeffrey con- contested a Malloy shot, uh, turns into a save. So Malloy is coming up, ends up getting a shot off. Jeffrey's kind of on his hands and kind of beating him up a little bit, turns into a save, and then goes back the other way. And CJ Costabile hits his second deuce of the game with that long pole on a fast break. So that was interesting to see as well. We end up coming into our last game of the day. I thought at one point it might turn into a bloodbath, but the barrage made it interesting. Outlaws versus the barrage. 15 to 10. This one goes in favor of the outlaws. Most physical game of the day by far. These guys beat the crap out of each other from the beginning to the end. And I kind of I, I knew the outlaws were going to come out and play that physical, but the barrage kind of answered that tone. We see guys, uh, both teams insanely aggressive, both teams laying lumber, hacking each other up, and then bodying people up wherever they could. There was a couple of highlight reel hits, couple of highlight reel hits that I was surprised they didn't call penalties on, even though they were technically clean, especially by you know, based on the when I played lacrosse, they were totally clean, but these days, they protect the players a little bit more. Uh, either way, great game, very physical. Lee and Bacaro, they both go for three goals and an assist in the Outlaws win. Denver, one thing Denver did, and I'm not sure, I didn't notice how many other teams did this, but I know Denver split time in cage between Knight and Washuda. The, the, uh, I think Washuda, is he the, a rookie? I think Washuda is a rookie. I can't remember if he played last year or not. Either way, Washuda, uh, but what's he? Is he a Delaware uh, Vermont kid? I want to say Washuda's a Vermont kid off the top of my head, but for some reason, Delaware is ringing true at the moment. Either way, Washuda's a hell of a, key- a keeper, and I often don't like, even though as a coach I've done this before and we've split time where we, where we had two really able keepers and we had to had no choice but to give them both time, um, it's, a, it's a risky proposition. Uh, maybe not so much at this level, because both of these guys are pros and they're obviously really good at what they do. But, you know, they put Washuda in in the second half of this game and he comes in and plays just as tough as Knight does. So that's that that flow that you risk screwing up that has not happened for the uh, for the outlaws so far. And you're keeping your goaltenders fresh and, and healthy as they're just getting beamed by shots over and over and over again. All in all, this was a big win for the MLL. It was a big win for lacrosse fans. It was a, a big win for just the sport in general, getting lacrosse back. And now we're going to have just every day this week. We have, I believe it's at least two games every day this week leading into Saturday and Sunday where we'll have the playoffs. I may have misspoke on when the finals are. I thought the finals for some reason were Saturday, but it's starting to look like the finals may be Sunday based on how they're doing the math and talking about how the, the, the winner of this tournament is going to have to play seven games in nine days to win this, this shortened season to win the championship here. But all in all, the quality was off the charts, excellent lacrosse, excellent pace, the effort was there out of everybody. We saw a bunch of guys just continue to improve their star power. Now that we've split the MLL and the PLL up, uh, like I had been saying all along, and everybody kind of says, the star power definitely lives in the PLL overall. But what we learned is that the quality has not suffered 
in the MLL, uh, at least not in terms of the entertainment value. This was excellent lacrosse all the way. They played relatively polished considering they only had two days uh, to practice as part of their training camp. I think they got each team got about four hours of practice in leading into this. So the, the polish was there considering they haven't had to, they, they haven't been able to work on it. Uh, some of these stars and what I love seeing is how some of these guys that have become stars in, in, in the MLL and in the, in the NLL, uh, these are guys that played at smaller schools. We're seeing guys from Limestone, and we're seeing a guy from Tampa. Uh, who was it? Was it Q or Hecock? I, I can't remember now who was who played at Tampa, but we're seeing D2 and D3 guys end up hitting uh, the MLL ranks and doing really well and showing that they deserve to be there and that they can play with anybody in the world. So that's been great to see for the MLL as well. So that's it. We've got games today, today, uh, today, Monday, uh, tomorrow, Monday, today, Monday. We've got games on Monday. We've got games through the rest of the week and into the weekend. So uh, what we're going to probably do is we'll do a Sunday slash Monday show. We'll probably continue to do this on Monday or at least put it out on Monday. That way we can recap the entire weekend and not have to do anything special for that. So we'll recap Saturday and Sunday's games on Mondays, and then we will talk about the weekday's games uh, through up to Thursday and put a show out on Thursday as well of this week. So as always, thank you for listening or for watching if you're on YouTube or another platform. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you're on YouTube. Uh, share this like crazy. Go to uh what is it anchor.fm forward slash lax factor if you want to listen to the audio podcast or you can just listen anywhere where you can find podcasts for the most part and uh go to laxfactor.com to uh, support us get some swag get some t-shirts all that good stuff we will be back on thursday to talk about the you know monday tuesday and wednesdays um uh, mll action and then we will also do a preview for the PLL. Probably we'll just do one big show where we're going to do the PLL preview and then talk about what's happened so far in the MLL. So you are going to get a ton of lacrosse talk related to pro lacrosse here out of us, uh, out of me, more than I ever do because, A, it's all we have. But, uh, you know, I, I'm warming up to the idea of pro lacrosse here. I, I started to warm up to it last year with the PLL and the MLL won me over this weekend here. So great weekend of action. As, ever, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hoost is out. Thank you.